on this episode of Quantum Week, July 14th through 20th, 2002. Welcome to Quantum Week. I'm Matt. I'm Chris. Quantum Week is a show in which Chris and I leap into a random week of a random year. and We talk about movies and music and headlines. And today we're in July of 2002. Yeah, we are. We're doing uh, K-19. The Widowmaker. And hella good. Uh, for by no doubt. By no uh, doubt. So should we get into K-19? Yeah, why not? I mean, that's why we're here. Mm. Uh, so this movie's trash. Uh, okay, I would not. I'm not. I give it a C minus. Oh, it's not good, yeah, but there's a some. D, there's a D, a D for diarrhea. But oh, wait, wait, what? What's the letter grade? What's the letter grade for trash? Is it a D or is it a D minus? This movie's trash. See, when I think I know, but like, are I'm we? I'm just talk- saying this movie is trash. I don't. I don't care about letter grades. This I'd like movie to qualify and quantify. I don't want to qualify anything. I'm, I'm qualifying this movie as total shit. Okay. Well, this, this is I the kind of shit that stains the bowl. It does. So like you poop and you go back. Oh, there's a little poop still left there. So you got to like bleach it afterwards. You got to like 409 it. You keep flushing it. Right? You just keep flushing. Well, then, and then you do that. You don't get in there with the like with the toilet paper to kind of remove it first and then flush. I, I, use, I use like a brush or I'll use. Uh, well, I, I usually use like that. Um, the uh, the the, sp- the spray, the gel, whatever. The gel. Okay. Yeah. Around there. I'll let that kind of sit for a while and I'll flush again. And then, you know, I don't so use you sort of let it do it on. You go in there with like your bare hand. And I'm just paper gonna, and just, oh, Yeah. God. Yeah. No gloves. Anything. I'm just going right in. Yeah, all right. <laughs> but back to the movie. Yeah, uh, which is, so which is I don't like. Less I don't offensive. This more is offensive? I didn't think that I would be having to defend this film though. Ugh. I mean, I won't. But like, but there are some redeeming qualities. We'll talk. We can talk about it. But how do you want to start? Should I give a synopsis of the film and then we'll get, go from there? Get. In nineteen sixty one, sixty one, the USSR launches its first nuclear sub with uh, like nuclear missile capabilities and and uh, their mission is to sail it as close as they can to US waters and basically launch a test missile so the United States can see that the USS what the USSR's capabilities are hoping that it is a deterrent um, against a United States first strike and then the sub has a ton of mechanical problems that almost lead to a nuclear incident. Yeah, so this is the fifth worst movie we've covered so far for me. Oh, you're going to be in the bottom 5. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to qu- I'm just not quite identity there. thief. Um, there's me. no fucking there's not there's very Alvin and the chipmunks what do you mean it's worse than identity thief yeah, that's such fifth. a bad that's such a bad movie Um. so okay okay so here's I'll, I'll, I'll kind of walk through this I guess maybe and then we can kind of yeah let's yeah okay. sure sure feel free to feel free to jump in okay like, I'm not married to this so um, this movie opens with a so they basically say hey it's 1961 right yeah right? they listen so we're all alive it's 2020 this yep. came out in 2002 yep we know that there was not a nuclear war in 1961. We do know this. Okay, cool. So everyone alive, I imagine, in the movie theater watching this movie knew in 2002 there was not a nuclear war. I bet they knew that, yeah. Yet this movie doesn't assume you don't know that because they play the first five minutes as this like fake um, drill that you're supposed to believe is really happening, but you just told me this is based on true events and it's 1961. So I know it's a drill. Yeah. So dumb. Yeah, and this dumb. is the common thing with this movie is they keep forgetting that the audience is like not like we're from the future, right? Yeah, we know what happens. We know what happens. Um, so that was bizarre and stupid. Yeah, and that's pretty much this movie bizarre and boring. So this movie's oh, two two hours and eighteen minutes. That's the big thing. It, it is, is probably about forty minutes too long. 
Yeah. I also want to get this out there too. Yeah. Before we go any further. So there's two things that this movie had going against it that has nothing to do with the movie. Do me a favor. Turn the mic a little bit more forward towards you. Really? Would you? How yeah. about that? Is that better? Much better. Thank you. Okay. It's two things the movie has going against it. Yeah. Um, one is that, uh, so every movie we've, be, we've watched so far, I was able to get on Amazon prime or I got it on <laughs> right. cable right. or I was able to use, I have Netflix. I have who I was able to find it somewhere very easily. The worst thing I've had to do was pay $4 for something. Yeah. Which exactly. is fine. Yeah. Right. Whatever. Right. This movie, for some reason, is not available on any... It's only on Vudu, which I don't have. And, yes. Or I could buy it through... Not Amazon Prime. I could buy it through my cable provider. You could. And what, what did you have to pay for? 15 bucks. Oh, see, I just signed up for Vudu. You I probably don't do that. See, I have a Roku. I know, but I'm, I'm out of... I have a Roku, and yeah. it's an app on my Roku. So once I signed up, it was so you four bucks. For Vudu, right. Yeah, but, but, now, it, but what does Vudu cost? Them nothing. Off? It's just uh, an app. So it's just four bucks after that. That's not that. so bad. No, it's not. But 15, that's a fucking But I was like, all right, well, whatever. That's fine. So, yeah, you have to do right. it sometimes. But it was just like, but I hadn't had to do that so far. It's weird that this movie is the one it's that It's just does so it. exclusive, dude. It's like such an amazing film <laughs> and so coveted that they wanted to make this the exclusive The other thing this movie, this movie had going against it, which um, isn't the fault of the movie, is that, so I'm going away next week. So Matt and I are going to be in Saco, Maine. Uh, yes. Kirk Minahan show is doing this really awesome like two shows and yeah. Laura and I made a whole weekend of it. I know you and Barbara did too. Yeah, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and, and you're going to be gone for a and week. And I'm going to go even, yeah, I'm going to be gone for a week after that right. in Maine. So like, so because of that, Matt and I have done a bunch of these shows like back to back to back to we're back. We're loading up the hopper. Right. Yeah. So, you know, we're still going to have the same amount of, well, by the time you heard this, I'm actually back from my vacation. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so we went to Bridge to Maine. It was hopefully fun. Yeah. Um, but we're back, but we're not back yet. We haven't left yet. So, um, so we've had to watch a lot of shit and like we not had a lot of bad lot, stuff, but we had a lot. We'll a watch lot a lot of, of content movies. and prepare and all that. And I'm just kind of burnt out. I'm burnt out too. Okay, good. So I'm glad it's not me. So those I was two things I had to go against it. Having said that, this movie is still trash. <sighs> it's like a C minus for me, but it's not good. Right. Like, okay. Redeeming quality. Okay. I actually think the cinematography is pretty good because it shows how cramped that sub is like you got but things. that's a problem though too it is a problem because i'm spending two but hours and 15 minutes I know, no it's not fun but it does a good job showing how claustrophobic that motherfucker okay. is it's not yeah. bad it's yeah that, it's, it's it's my issues with this movie are the script and script, script most script is, and the is not good it, directing's not good the directing for instance the whole idea that the first five minutes are this like faux drill yeah that's the directing fault. and also you've got 40 minutes of this like death march towards the end of the film, which is just guy after guy going into this radiation room, getting destroyed for like 40 minutes. It's so bizarre. Like, give me 10 minutes of that. Here's my, here's my main issue with the problem with the movie. Okay. I guess I mean my number one issue. So Harrison Ford plays this really bad, like general captain person. He's a captain. Okay. Yeah. He's like the, king, he's captain. like the king captain. He's a, yeah. I call uh, him the king captain. You have okay. the king captain. You have the prince captain. The oh. prince captain is played by William Neeson. Liam Neeson yeah. The king captain is Harrison Ford. Okay. So Harrison Ford keeps making these bizarre decisions. One he of does. the decisions is uh, William Neeson says to him, he says, hey, can we have some more time? Some things are not right with the boat before we, before we dock, before we ship out rather. Excuse me. Right. And Harrison Ford, like, no, we need to go now. Why? Well, he's getting pressure from the Politburo, from the, you know, from the, the government, right. basically the communists telling him that he's got to go out by this certain date. But you're right. You are on a nuclear. This is your first but nuclear why sub. Why do they need to be out by a certain date, though? 
Well, because they needed to show, they promised um, the the U.S. the premier, whoever the the party leader was it Khrushchev, I think at the time they, they promised Khrushchev, him yeah. that there was a certain there was a certain date. Like by this date, we need to show the Americans our force. Okay. Like for some reason, maybe it had to do with Cuba. I can't remember the explanation, but there was something there. But it was, but the explanation. But give me a so fucking we couple both days. both watched this movie, and neither of us can really remember the explanation. Right? Yeah, so yeah. Not, it's not, not a good really, one. Not a great Agreed. Agreed. So, so Harrisburg is making these bad decisions after bad decisions. So one decision he makes is. So the first hour of this movie is just drills. Yeah. It's all it is drills. Yep. But yeah, the drills are shot with the same intensity as if they were real. That's right. So you like you're it's right. So you're very strange to, to ten the entire time kind so of. So one drill he has for some reason, no real no, no no explanation given here either. He goes down very deep into the sea. It's basically as far deep as you can go. Exactly. The ship is gonna get crushed. Yeah, you see the outside hull like getting crushed from the pressure. And he later says he did it so people can know what the limit is. But why? Why? And Who's to say he didn't cause some of the fucking problems well, that they had later on? And because of that, that like that drill, it didn't make any sense. That is the cause that right. created these issues, including the nuclear thing breaking down. Yes. So then later on in the movie, and yes, I'm going to give spoilers here. So fuck but it. Don't watch the movie. Yeah, don't watch. The movie. Uh, so later on, so you basically for the first hour and a half of this movie, you hate the Harrison Ford character. You do. You're like, this guy's bad. He's making decisions. He's literally killed crew members because right. of his bad decisions. That's right. With about 45 minutes left, the crew says, fuck you, Harrison Ford, and they do a mutiny. They do. And you're like, yeah, and the way it's framed, the way it's shot, and the way everything is kind of leading up to that, you are on the side of the crew. You are. And Liam Neeson. Right. He seems like a reasonable one. But the crew is the one that does the mutiny. Yeah, exactly. So you're like, oh, wow, cool. All right, well, now Liam Neeson's in charge. It's going to be awesome. We yeah. can save the day. Right. Or I wasn't saying that. I was saying, hopefully this ends soon. This yeah, sucks. yeah, maybe they'll blow oh, up I, I want to like hang myself on a car. Right. <laughs> but, um, but I imagine regular people are like, oh, cool. This is, Liam Neeson's going to win. Yep. So they they uh, handcuff Harrison Ford to a pole and be like, oh yeah, what's up, bitch? You know. Yep. And then Leonisa comes by and says, "This is good. You guys done good work." I'm like, "Yeah, no shit. No shit. Yeah. Like, give me the keys." And he unlocks Harrison Ford. You, that was telegraphed though. By the time, hey, it you was. know, guns don't know, need to know, be on here. Oh, and why don't you give me the keys too? That but, was fucking telegraphed. But why? But only. But it was telegraphed. But only the instance, the hour and a half preceding that, it was the opposite no, telegraph. Exactly. You could. But why is Harrison Ford redeemed? He isn't. It's just because Liam Neeson wanted to do his duty even to his own peril. Like that didn't make sense. Didn't he, was, he, he was fighting Harrison Ford's character the entire time. Why would he choose then to back Harrison Ford? It's like they only did it just to be like a gotcha moment for the audience. Yeah, exactly. That's what it was. But like, if you're making a movie, you can trick the audience easily because you're making a movie. You're ma- <laughs> it's not really impressive to trick people watching your fucking movie. Right. You get to dictate what it looks like. Yes. And what it sounds like, what it, everything about it, you dictate. The other thing that didn't make sense is just Lee, like Liam Neeson in general, if he was not going to mutiny, people talked to him about it during the film. The whole movie. So he could have so said, like, you're listen, my captain. Right. He, they, he could have said, listen, we need to back like he would have done that. He would have done it the entire way. But if he's he wasn't vague, the whole time. He's, he's like, well, he's like, no, yeah, play both sides of this yeah, bitch. Yeah. Right. What a great leader that is. You, now you like, you hung your other guys out to dry probably because William Neeson's like bad leadership created that mutiny. Yeah, it did. It did. Totally. Did. And then he abandoned these guys. These guys, exactly. and these guys are like, I imagine right. that kill for treason. Like it's Russia. Oh, yeah. Hello. Gulag. Probably. Probably. Yeah. What the fuck? Um, there's bad decisions the entire way through. If you think, that your sub is going to start World War Three, you get off the boat and you sink the sub. You had every opportunity to do that. The Americans were there. Leave the fucking sub and sink the fucking boat. But instead, they go through all these drills, kill seven people now, kill 20 others in the next two years because of all the fucking radiation they consumed. What, 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 what was the point of that? So here's another issue of the movie. 
Yeah. That kind of leads into that a little bit. So, <laughs> so what country are we in? We are in the USSR. What country are we in right now? Oh, we are in the United States. What country was this movie? Yeah, USSR. Right, Russia. Well, USSR. Right, but the country... This, what, what, what the fuck are we asking? What country are me and you in right now? We live in the United States. Okay. Yeah. What country was this movie released in? Oh, the United States. Right. Yeah. Okay. So we're rooting for a submarine from Russia. I know. To basically kill my parents. Yeah. That was the other weird thing too. It's so I'm like, rooting against my own existence. Strangely, right. Strangely pro, like you have to be pro USSR. Like I don't, I don't Wait, get so pro communists. You, so, but like, no, but what about, so I'm rooting for a nuclear ship. My parents at this time, one lived in Saugus, Massachusetts. Yeah. One lived in New York city. Yeah. You're rooting this was, for the ship. I'm rooting for my parents to die. Yeah, basically. And I don't, I'm not bull. Like what, what, what? No. Like, yeah, it, 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 this should be a Russian movie. A uh, Russian movie, right? This isn't. I don't. I don't want to root against my existence. Exactly. Uh, so, like, I have them. Like, I don't. I'm not. I don't want these guys to win. I don't want them to win either. Can you just guys fucking sink the ship and die? Yeah. Right. No, I'm with you on but that. But there's not one American character in the movie, so there's no None. one to root for. How are you on the accents? I was like, ah, like, why do we? Not, why do I, we need to do this? Why do we need to do this? Actually, Liam Neeson, I think, did a better job than Harrison Ford in this film, but. Oh, much it, better. It was just not. Harrison Ford was no, he must have known. Hey, you know, so I read a lot of the reviews of this movie. It's like, all right, well, maybe, you know, well, I also Ebert love, was kind. I love three reading, stars. I love reading bad reviews. So I'm like, cool. All right, let's read some bad reviews. Let's make fun of this movie. Ha ha. Everyone was like, this movie's okay. Yeah. I'm like, no, this movie's terrible. And like Harrison Ford actually was a high, was a high point. Like, no, he no, was he not. wasn't. No, Liam was definitely he better. Was awful. Or even Sarsgaard was uh, was a better was a better character. He, he actually, did a better okay, job. So that's okay, um, the one. Sarsgaard. Is that Sarsgaard? Yeah. Sarsgaard. Um, is SNL skit about that? Sarsgaard. Um, but there is uh, this one moment in the movie I liked, but then of course they double back on it. Yeah, it. of course. So Sarsgaard is afraid to go in there, which is actually a really human reaction. Absolutely. It's really in, he, I'm sorry. In there, there being it's a nuclear reactor, and one like Matt's is a 40 minute death march for one by one or two by two. These men go in there. To try to repair try a to leak. fix something and yeah. then come out with hard radiation poison. And this goes on for 40 minutes. He's not lying. It's, it's not horrid. bullshit. It's awful. So Sarsgaard sees this along with us. Yeah. And he's, and when it's his time to go, he kind of has like a mental breakdown and can't go. He just starts weeping, which is a pretty honest and real human emotion. It is. So you're like, I was like, all right, cool. Let's see how the crew deal. Cause he's not a bad, he's a weak person. He's weak, but he's not bad, but it doesn't make you bad. Right. And this is now I'm like, this is an interesting to talk about. You know, let's see how it deals with the complexity of someone being weak, but not bad. But what happens? He, he gets a ends up job. going in there for 18 minutes instead of 10 right. and saves the day and becomes a hero. It's like, well, you totally sold out the one good part of this movie, which would have been how does the crew the one kind of believable decision and how does I would have loved to see how the crew and how does he respond to now being a uh, almost like a villain? Yeah, but not doing anything truly evil. And now we're doing complexities or interesting things I want to see on film. Yeah. But no, instead, 20 minutes later, he goes back in. And also, they don't explain why he goes back in. No, they don't. Like, it's not like he suddenly got courage that you, like, we saw how he built up this courage. Yeah. He just puts on this suit and goes in. This movie has no, this, this movie is so dumb. Dude, like, why do you have to do it? So the death march is a problem because they do, they, they make the leak happen twice. It's like, oh, it wasn't good enough to just do the leak one time and show this one time. We're just going to do it a second time for fun. That's the thing. It's like, we've, we've, why, why are you doing this to us twice? This makes no sense. Just do it once. Just fucking do it once. Why is this movie intellectually vacant? <sighs> I, yeah, because you don't like Harrison Ford. Everybody makes bad decisions. Everyone does. Yeah, there's no one that makes a good decision. 
I don't even understand the choice of no, of of not being able to contact the USSR to the radio goes down. Right. It's like that doesn't even really matter. They would have sort of chosen to do the same Let thing me ask anyway. You this. Yeah. Why was this movie made? That's the other question. I have no idea. No, why? I have no why idea. Why do this? Movie? I don't know. I don't know. I, it doesn't because because uh, Bigelow. So well, we can talk about her a little bit too. But I want to ask why this movie. Was I don't made. know why. What do you tell me? Me? I was oh, so I, actually. I asked myself who was this made for. I yes. figured it was like the Tom Clancy people. Sure. Maybe I agree. And maybe, and, and that's actually what I was thinking. Maybe the Tom Clancy people would like this film more than me. I'm not really a Tom Clancy I guy. I think Tom Clancy people were pretty smart. I mean, yeah, the yeah, books are really, right. I mean, the books read like fucking manuals. They're so boring. My yeah. dad loved them. I, I would rather fucking, yeah, I'm once again, I'm hanging myself in a closet before I'm reading a Tom Clancy book. Oh, right. But they're, you know, Hanford October wasn't, uh, I didn't really enjoy it, but I could see how someone could. Oh, that's a pretty good movie. If someone told me that was their favorite movie, like, all right, you're not yeah, for me, but I get right. it. It's fine. Yeah. All right. It's kind of a weird choice, I guess, but not, it's, not, it's not that crazy. No, it's not. Someone told me this is a favorite movie. Like, what's wrong with you? The other thing is, like, I asked why this movie was made. Like, right. Who is the movie made for? This came out in the summer of 2002, which means they made it in the shadow of 9 11. That's a good point. What? Who wants to see a movie where they got to nuke America? Nobody. What is, what is this? I, and that's, that's Why probably, is this movie here? Thank you. You probably explained it to me. So this movie, they, it costs like $100 million to make and it yes. completely bombed in this the box movie, office. That's probably why. This movie took a I was like, dump. Why this the movie fuck? sucks too. It does suck, but you'd think like with Liam Neeson, yeah. Harrison Ford. Right. You know, you'd think, but it, 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 it you know, yeah, it lost I mean, a lot of money. It cost, yeah, it cost. 40, 50 million dollars it lost. Oh Yeah. Cost a hundred. It brought in thirty something right. domestically, and it only brought in thirty internationally. Yeah, which you know the international yeah, budget show in Russia, right? I mean that doesn't <laughs> right. Like that did, barely did anything overseas. Would right. you think this is we could go over? Show it in North Korea. Show it in fucking the Taliban. Oh yeah, go get yo. Know, go right. get the Americans. Squeeze some, yeah. squeeze some fucking lemon juice out of this. Lemon. And maybe like know. Bin Laden film festival. <laughs> right. This movie's this movie this movie's made for nobody. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Doesn't and make it, any sense. And she that's the thing about so she kind of takes risks. This does not seem this does not like doesn't seem a compelling movie for her to take for Bigelow to take. I agree. It's a, great it's a weird one for look, her. Look at her career. She did Strange Days. Right. Point Break. Point, point Break. That's is, maybe a little bit, a little, yeah, a little bit more like straight up. That's a bit more of a, of a normal movie, I guess. But what was so the one it's before? It's still odd. It's still odd. What was the one before? Yeah, it's still like Surfer Bank Robbers. And then after this, she does you know Zero Dark Thirty, uh, Hurt Locker. Hurt Locker's the good one. You know, and those are movies that are much more, like, right, much riskier, much, much different. This doesn't feel right. No. No. This doesn't feel right. Doesn't feel right for Harrison Ford. Even Liam Neeson looks uncomfortable. Yeah, he seems like more, more normal. That's a more normal choice for this type of part. Harrison, but no. he doesn't seem comfortable. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, maybe not. He doesn't. He doesn't. Maybe seem, it's the accent. He just. He's. It seems like he's just a little off, and he's the most comfortable person in the movie. Yeah, but he seems just a little. Everything just nothing, and the the pace in the movie is just dreadful. oh fucking drags. There's you don't need to make this two hours and twenty minutes. It's fucking stupid. There is not one. I don't think there's one joke in this movie. Oh no. There's Maybe no, the very, very, very end. Mm, yeah. To, hey, how you doing? He's like, oh, you're you're tall or you're shorter than oh, I remember. Right, that right, is right. the one joke in this movie. Which, by the way, so the end of the movie flashes forward to 1989. The Berlin Wall goes down. Yeah. Harrison Ford is still alive. Yeah, so he would have to be like 80 or something, I would guess. At the least? How yeah. old is he in this? Is this 28 years later? I was doing that math too, so I was thinking he had to be in his early 50s in 1960. At the youngest? He doesn't look that young. No, he doesn't. He's and got then gray he hair. gets radiation poisoning. He does. Yeah, because you see he him in the courtroom. Mask. You see him in the courtroom and he looks like a, he looks kind right. of shitty there too. But it's then really weird. When he, they flash 40, he looks, he's a uh, pinnacle of health. He's fucking. Yeah, he looks a lot better. Jack Lee. 
<laughs> the fuck it? He went into a, a radiation room, which was killing men left and right, with no mask, no protection. Carries. Meanwhile, all the other thing too is okay. I don't. I'm not a scientist. I don't pretend to know anything about science. Okay. These guys come out of this radiation room. They're covered in these like suits. You would, yeah, you would get radiation. And they're hugging the men in the suits. You would get radiation from that. You would get poisoning from that. That's why they had them stripped before they went into the other sub. Harrison Ford is like hugging these guys. He would get it. It doesn't make sense. He went in the. It doesn't make sense. No, and he's way older. This movie really sucks, dude. Yeah, and I don't think they make make him this hero at the end, and I'm just like, I don't feel like you were heroic. No. If you're the crew, you're like. He did. You fucking did this to us, you asshole. Dude, I was watching this movie, Dan. Oh my god, dude. I was so bored. I was so It was boring. Bored. It was a tough one. It was a real tough one. So I don't I don't check my phone when I watch movies. I try not to. I really I really try to be so hyper focused. I really yeah. try. But what I would do is every time my phone went off, I pause the movie and check my phone. <laughs> so like every because I just hate the movie. Every two minutes, I'm like, dude, this movie sucks. It's I know. So, and I never do that. So usually when I watch a movie, I put my phone in, in a different yeah. room and I put I don't like to I just like to yeah, really just focus, focus, focus on movies, you know? Yeah. Especially for the show. I wanted, you know, I'm trying to but I'm like, this movie sucks. I'm fucking, I'm burned out from doing this fucking, we're doing these shows every day. I have to pay $15 for this trash. <laughs> this movie sucks. It's so boring. No one is not, it's just awful. Here's another weird movie. Yeah. Okay. We all know Harrison Ford, William Neeson, big yep. stars, yep, big yep. stars then too. Definitely yep. good gets. Totally. And, and Stars Guard's a great uh, casting because right, it's right before Garden State and he yep. kind of blows up and everything. So it's a good get. And he's good in general. He's I good. like him. And he's, yeah. he's actually, okay. He does the best he can. This. Yeah. I don't know if I really recognize a couple of people. Maybe I don't know if I recognize a single actor beyond that. Um, this is a cast of one unknown. Yeah. One of the Russian like premier guys was an actor who had Josh Ackland. Probably. Yeah. Maybe that's him. And, and, he, and that's really reaching. I mean, yeah. like there is no one you would recognize in this movie. So it's completely like faceless people with bad Russian accents, all doing things you don't care about all these drills. Yeah. I don't understand why they, why would have, why would Liam Neeson? Why would why would Harrison Ford do these? I don't understand why, why would they, they do, do these this? films. So uh, you know, they must get paid a lot of money because the, the budget was fairly high. Yeah, it was you know eighty million before probably marketing, and yeah, you get some sub work to do. It's probably hard to film that thing. There's some choreography choreography that needs to happen. It's it's sure. probably it's a complicated. It's kind of a complicated film, but yeah, they maybe they got ten million each. I bet they got paid pretty well. So another thing I think is, so I was trying to think of anything besides this movie when I was watching because it it's so fucking dreadful and so yeah. boring. Yeah, yeah. So I was saying like drills. So we're watching a lot of people practice stuff. Yeah. I'm like, this is boring. But I'm like, wait a second. I really like Karate Kid. Yeah. Karate Kid, the whole middle second act of the movie is him waxing a fucking car and painting a fence. That's true. I mean, literally the most boring task ever. But you are so invested. You know why? Because they spend the time in the first act of the movie to get you to care about these characters. Right. You know these characters. You almost love these characters. You start to have a bond with them. This doesn't do any first act. It goes right into these it does. drills. Yeah, so they try. They really try to get you to like Liam Neeson right away. But they, don't, they don't. Do, they don't. They don't. I, I mean, don't think you see they him, do a good job at that. No, they don't. They, they, they rush it, which is strange for a two-hour and twenty-minute movie. <sighs> like, why wouldn't you use that time? There's instead no of doing first a act. Forty fucking minute death, like death march. That doesn't make sense. There's two acts. So typically, films and stories have three acts. Yeah. First act is getting to know the character. The second act is when you have kind of a divide between the protagonist and the antagonist. Yeah. The third act is when things get resolved. Right. Pretty fairly storytelling. Pretty, you know, pretty basic story. That's how storytelling works. Yeah. Shakespeare is whatever. This movie starts with a second act where you have it really does. protagonist and antagonist, you know, the ship versus the crew. Yep. And it has a third act where we see it get resolved. But there's no first act. We never get to meet these people or know or care or have anything to do with these people. It just basically goes right into a second act. Yeah. And you don't care 
or no. And it, this movie has no value because you don't care about anyone involved. Why wouldn't you? No one's likable. Why would you give us Harrison Ford if we weren't supposed to like him? That's the other thing. Like any, so like Harrison you don't Ford at this time, save the money. Harrison Ford at this time was trying to become a villain. He had just done What Lies Beneath. Yeah, that's right. Which is an underrated movie. I know it gets a bad buzz. Whatever. That's a Michelle actually, Pfeiffer. Yeah, ones. Robert Zemeckis. Yeah. I yeah. actually like that movie. I know, I know it gets kind of a bad rap. I think it's actually entertaining. Okay. And he, I think he's actually a pretty good bad guy and he's pretty fun. Um, he's kind of chewing the scenery and having a good time with it. I think he started, he wanted to ride that wave of being something different. He didn't want to be Indiana Jones or Han Solo anymore. He wanted to be kind of this maybe like old, as he gets like later middle age, be this villain. Yeah. And he's, uh, aliens and cowboys. Yeah. Too. Yeah. He was that. He's the bad guy in that too, isn't he? Uh, yeah. Before the aliens come, but yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I can see that. And you can see, uh, you know, we're mentioning these movies. Well, Ice Beast was a hit, but like Aliens and Cowboys was a huge bomb. It was a bomb. K-19, the Widowmaker, was bomb. a huge bomb. I mean, these are movies that don't work. You're right. The audience doesn't want to see Harrison Ford They don't Ford want to roles. see that. No, he's been a hero our entire life. And Harrison Ford, this is going to get me hot water. Harrison Ford in like the last 30 years, after, after like Presumed Innocent and that stuff. Yeah. He's not a good actor. So like mid 90s is kind he's of He's not a good actor. Yeah. I can't he's not charismatic anymore. He seems like annoyed. He's carrying. See, that's what Elias means is a little bit different. He's, he's having some fun with that. Yeah. Other movies, he's not having fun. Like, I know Air Force One is like a cult thing. He's not good in that. I mean, he's not. He's not. I don't know. I can't good, remember. He's not a good actor in it. He's not like. Gary Oldman's in that, right? Yeah. I mean, he, Gary he's Oldman's having probably, fun. Right. Yeah. But like, he's not a good actor anymore. Like, you know, even watch the conversation. We talk about all the time. The conversation. Yeah. Conversation. But he's in a very few scenes, but he's wildly charismatic and he's wildly scary. And he's like, he, you are drawn to him. Obviously, Han Solo, Indiana Jones. Of he, course. He is just, His young career, he's, he's super magnetic. charismatic. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Presumed innocent. It's a very serious role, but he's really trying hard. He's working really yeah. hard. He's not the best actor in the world, but he's doing the best he can. And he's he's still pretty good. This, he, he's just like, I think he's kind of trying, but he, it's, this, he didn't know what to do. It's awkward. This was kind of a mess. Well, part of it is definitely the script. I mean, the script the is, is really tough and the accent. The script's hard. The script's not good. This is one of the worst scripts we've we've covered. Pro- this is this it's is not it's not bottom five for me, but it's it's right outside that bubble. This is bottom ten, definitely. I don't know. I mean, we're, this is number forty seven for us, so it's definitely bottom twenty percent or something, twenty five percent. This is a wor- this is a worse script in Da Vinci. I this is, oh maybe it's a worse script. Directed. It's definitely better directed. It's more interesting. Yeah, because in right in the Da Vinci Code, you got them just telling you what's happening as opposed to showing you. At least you're seeing the cramped spaces. You're either seeing cramped spaces or you're seeing kind of these wide shots of the sub and like you know the the abyss of ice that it's broken through. Or that, I, I, didn't, I didn't like that shit. There's, I, there's things, all, that, things I don't like. This, this I'm just saying there's, there's at least a dichotomy there where yeah. you're seeing like cramped and open and all that stuff. And it's kind of it's it, there's some interesting s- stuff about it. A lot of like upshots too when you're in the when you're in the sub and shit jutting up all over the place. You're wondering how you, they're banging their heads. It makes complete. That makes a lot of sense. So I'm fine with that. But this is a worse script. Another second act issue that it was in the first act is like they show you the very beginning of the movie showing the building of the ship. Yeah. Oh, oh I don't know what the fucking K-19 would have made. I don't care about it. Why do no. I care if it's being built? It's not like the Titanic is something I have a relationship right. with. Right. You're like, this is the biggest but ship because that was ever made at that time. because we haven't seen the first act talking about the ship or the yeah. people involved, the building of the ship has no value or no merit. Doesn't even start with like text, so it tells us, right? It tells us with text. Yeah, it's kind of like, eh. And a lot of history. Well, I mean, Hundred October is the same thing. Like, yeah, a lot you're of right. movies do you're that. Right. You're right. But you need to have a first act. Yeah. This movie's. I I don't know if I've seen a movie completely just not give a fuck. Like, the other thing, the other thing, do second act go. The other thing I hated was all the luck stuff. 
like, ooh, you know, the the champagne bottle doesn't break. Ooh, right. now we're going to get the widow maker. Right. Ooh, <laughs> whatever. Right. All that shit, too. It's like fucking, it's not luck. It's people being stupid, not giving you the supplies you need. How can you take a nuclear sub out of dock when you know you don't have the right radiation suits? Like, you know that. You don't have the right pumps that you they need. They don't have a backup stuff. system. They don't for have the- the- right. That's what the whole problem was. That's right. They didn't have the backup system for the the nuclear core, the cooling system. Or how about oh. the the captain, the king captain doesn't bring it down to the bottom of the ocean for no reason. Uh, that's another. That you know, maybe this don't is, do that. Yeah. Uh, this movie sucks. This movie's really bad, dude. C minus. I know. I, I don't me. know. I wish you'd see my sadness and, and really hate it more. But well, I give it like a seventy-six. I do not give numbers like that, but I will say I give numbers in the Cheers show, but not in this one. This I give what I don't know that I have no I'm not going to recognize that show on the show you <laughs> motherfucking moonlighter. <laughs> Everybody knows we're lame. <sighs> Why are we announcing it here? This is bullshit. Good show. If you like cheers. Check that out. I'm on not going to fucking watch it. So um, I did mm. watch it, <laughs> um, but I haven't seen cheer all those episodes. So I don't even know what the fuck is going on, but I just watch it because you're on it anyway. You don't watch cheers? That's how that this is the watch type cheers. of this is the type. I don't I'm going to have to pay for it though to get it. It's on, the, it's on Hulu. I don't have Hulu because Hulu, uh, Hulu I'm not, I don't have Hulu. Hulu had nothing buy for me. Season one. It's worth it. It's fun. Just buy season it's, one. It's all, you can buy on Amazon Prime. Season one is 18 bucks. Is that worth it? Cheers is really good. But then you're going to want me to, to, to buy season two. Well, I want you that. on the show too. I guess I got to buy it. You got to watch them. All right. You got to get it. All right. I'll it's get cheers. it. Cheers. It's cheers. Yeah, I know. I really know good. I, I know. I know. I just, uh, yeah. I've seen some. I didn't watch it religiously, I guess, like you did. I'm not sure why. Maybe I just didn't. My attention wasn't on that at the time. I probably wouldn't have gotten it as well either because we were young. We were very young when Cheers happened. Did you watch it later on? Did you watch it like in syndication or something when you were in your teens or something? No, I watched it when it was new. When it was new. I mean, like the last like four seasons I watched new. I guess I was 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. Yes, yeah, it's, yeah. it's kind of young to like. I watched, but I remember, I remember you were watching Letterman. I was watching Letterman when I was like five. Yeah. Like, I, I, did, I remember my parents didn't have, I didn't watch. Right. I, went, I got to go outside. You were, you I went were outside too. Inside. No, I went outside, but I didn't, I didn't have to. There. My parents didn't think I was slow. So I had to watch cartoons and stuff. My parents actually had some respect <sighs> for me and allowed me to watch programming. Right, you're the one with the Saved by the Bell fucking fetish. Not me. I always say by the bell fetish. Yeah, you do. No, I don't. You you watched a lot of crap too. You and, and the cartoons. There's, I'm not talking about cartoons. I'm annoying. talking about good shows. Though. I'm I'm talking about like I'm talking about Spirited Away and things like that. Uh, like right. dumb. Moving cartoons. on. Uh, but we don't know. We're we're tangenting because we don't want to talk about. I this do anymore. want to do a weather report. Okay. I taste. Give me a second to find it here. You want to vamp? What? You're good at this. No, I'd rather just like make it uncomfortable silence while you're trying to find this fucking thing. You son of a bitch. Yep. Uh, so this is July of 2002. Yeah. Uh, July was uh, hot and dry. Uh, Miles City, Montana, 110 degrees. That's warm for Montana. Um, Las Vegas saw a half an inch of rain. That's interesting because this is actually pretty cool. Because I, I was talking about moving to Vegas and stuff. Yeah. yeah before someday. COVID at least. Uh, had a 114 day dry spell. Oh yeah, that's crazy. I mean, you're in the fucking desert. I know, but that's but that's no that that is atypical, right? 114 days is a lot. It was only the second time measurable rain fell in the city up until that point the entire year. Wow. So we're in like middle of July 2002, and only fell in. That's a by the way, that's a milk deadly weather report. He's telling you weather from the past. All right, so the song we're doing is um, Hella Good uh, by No Doubt. If it were a New England-based band, they would call it Wicked Good, but they're not, so it's Hella Good. Boom. 
<laughs> What's the deal with this? I mean, really, they were in New England. Um, so I, it's funny because I think of this as like late, no doubt, but it's still 2002. They're only six but, years but it off. But late, no doubt, though. It, yeah, kind of. Well, they did another album in 2012. Right. And another, but you're right. This was kind of their last album before Hiatus and Gwen Stefani went Stratosphere on her own. But but like it's only six years from from uh, Tragic Kingdom, which is kind of their bit. Like that's definitely their their prior their biggest their and my my by far my favorite. Do you really like that? See, I never really like. I'm not a big ska fan. Ska's got no soul, so I, I don't really, really like it. Oh, that's but, not true at all. That's bullshit. Yeah, don't say I that. mean it's the same thing don't over and that. over. Yeah, pretty much. Don't say it. That. So offbeats. Okay, fine. Every song has offbeats. Well, fine. Fuck it. Um, that, that I, you hear one ska song, you hear them all. That's not true. There's some that's pretty. We good. should get off this podcast. <laughs> um, and I know that, like you know, don't speak was that. That's a ballad, and and that's Sunday morning is good too. Okay, that. But what I'm saying is like. They did different genre stuff earlier on too, but this is kind of how I picture, no doubt. Yes. Right? So good, dude. This album's really good. You suck. Yeah, that's uh, Recycle Rock too. So, um, the uh, but but that's how I picture, no doubt. Me too. Right? Even though, but like, but and he's our age group too. Like, so I got this CD through Columbia House, yeah. Tragic Kingdom, <laughs> of course. So like, I listen. I actually, this is a CD I listened to quite a bit. Like, of stuff in the '90s, this carried over into like. Until a few years ago, I was listening to this pretty regularly. Yeah. I really like that CD. Yeah. And I can, I totally understand if you do. It's just, it's not my thing, but I understand it. But people, but you do kind of sort of pigeonhole, no doubt, into a ska band. But they're really not. They're really like, not. A lot of their songs are not that at Especially all. Especially after that album, they completely changed directions. Yeah, they did. And even on that, I think, because uh, that song, uh, Don't Speak, is on that album, right? Is on yep. Tragic Kingdom. So, yep. you know, that's not a ska tune. No. Um, and I, I, yeah, so I, I actually really like this song because it's, we've talked about this before, but I like it when bands do things that are departures from what they're mm. similarly doing. And even though, you know, you could say don't speak as a departure, but it's still kind of a ballad. It fits, you know, she's a female singer. They're probably going for a specific like target audience, <laughs> but this song is nothing like no, what they had done before. So um, yeah. Yeah. Even, yeah. A lot on this out. There's some Scott tracks in the album, but it's a different sound, totally different sound. And actually, it was written by Gwen Stefani and Pharrell. I saw that. Yeah. So another Pharrell strikes again. This doesn't sound as Pharrell as the last one. Does not. And so, um, well, the reason why is so they apparently when they were on their their I can't remember what the album before this was, but that tour the tour that preceded um, this album, which is what's it called? It's called uh, Rocksteady. Um, they were so. Apparently, apparently, after every one of their shows on their last tour, they would have an after party with where they would be playing like this Jamaican dance hall music and okay. and like would party into the fucking dawn. Um, so they wanted to incorporate that music into this album because that's what they were listening to at the time. Sure. Um. So I want to play some things, but first I wanted to say this was Grammy nominated. Uh, and it was the first um, time that the category dance remix came out. So a remix version of this was it. Okay. The album actually was nominated, I think, for four Grammys. It won two, not for this song. Um, but I sort of picture it. I wonder if you feel the same way. I kind of picture it as an evil version of Funky Town. I don't. I feel like it's a... Like with a keyboard? I it's do, a very similar when thing. When I hear this song, I think, I think Billie Jean. You think Billie Jean with the which first, song? 
uh, with, uh, was it the song we're covering today? With um, Hella Good? I keep wanting to call it like Hello Nasty because the Beastie Boys album. Yeah, I yeah, get Hella, you. Hella Good. I keep thinking that is... Um, Billy Jean. Yes. Well, I mean, you know... The very beginning. Yeah, because the drum beat is the exact same. Here's, here's Billy Jean. And then if you listen to the beginning of Hella Good, which we didn't do yet. Yeah, it's the same beat. I'm instantly, so I'm right. Yeah, and so you're right, and they, and they actually got some shit about that at the time, but I think that drum beat is so normal. Like, it's a normal drum beat. It does, it's a dance drum but beat. But I never think that with other songs, though. But I will say, once you get the drum beat out of the way, I'm not thinking Billy Jean as much. I don't think it's a good, I don't think it's a ripoff. Yeah. I mean, no, I don't think it is. You know, I don't think it is at all. No, I just This think isn't Billy Ocean. That's a nor- No, that's just a yeah. normal drum beat. I mean, if anything, um, so other people would said that it was similar to this, which I could kind of see because you have the half step bass what is this who is that it's a talking heads it's called oh, okay. uh, yeah, 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 yeah. making flippy floppy yes uh, is that st- uh, stop talk wait stop talk I can't remember there was a live album that they did uh, something like stop talking or whatever one of the minor league baseball teams I work for the GM was obsessed with talking heads and he would say that 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 uh, making football floppy. He would just say that about. Like, oh, would he? He said he was funny, and he would say like nonsense stuff. To yeah, be funny, like fluffy toes. Yeah, or making flippy floppy. Right, right. He would okay. say that and like think it'd be like, funny. It was very. Uh, yeah, but I don't. I mean, I can sort of see it because you know there there's the the big. This song is really bass dominant. Where bump a dump a dump bump bump a dump a dump bump. It's this like it's a half step bass line. It's it's really creepy, uh, but in a cool way. And uh, so I can kind of see it because the, the making flippy floppy has a little bit of that. Plus the there was this guitar comp sort of funk guitar comp that's similar. But again, it's not close enough to any of these that it really makes me feel like it's not a unique song. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. Yeah, um, I really like the song. Is this going to crack your top five? No, it won't. It will, I, I like the song as well. I think you like it more than I do. It will not crack my top five either. But I enjoy the song. Yeah. Um, oh, there was another... No. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not going to play that. Um, I like it. And one of the reasons why I like it is because of how sparse it is. So one of the stories I read was that none of them played their natural instruments on this album. Oh. <laughs> so the guitarist didn't play guitar. The bass didn't play the bass. They were they just they were all programming. There's a lot of keyboard and like programming on this. Okay. Of course, Gwen was singing for most of it. Yeah. But so it really it sort of limited their skills a bit if they're all playing different instruments than they're used to. And so it's very sparse. Like this song is very sparse. It's that bass dominant thing with a little like plunky keyboard that reminds me of Funky Town. And then a comp that happened, like this guitar comp that happens kind of like after the, um, the vo- like the vocals, in between the vocals. And I really like that. I like how sparse it is. You can hear her really well. They do some cool things with her voice where uh, they're using like this big echo and verb on her voice in some spots. It's really cool. I just think it's a great vibe. And I really appreciate it. And like a lot of times the music that I really like is very um, saturated music. Like Radiohead is very saturated, especially their, you know, the okay computer, not, not sorry, pre okay computer stuff. Um, the bands. Yeah, the bands, sorry, and okay computer, but the pre kid a stuff is very like saturated. You hear like a ton of instruments happening yeah. at the same time. And I usually like that, but then I get drawn to the real sparse stuff, like the Prince things that I really like, like sure. Kiss is a real sparse song. So I really appreciate it. I think this is like really well written. It's not their best song. I was kind of bummed out with this when it came out, like when this when this album dropped. I I, I like their old sound. I am a ska. I do like ska music a lot. You do. 
Um, so that's okay. We, we have some divergence, and this is the Scott one is our divergence. Yeah, and I'm obviously right. And uh, so, no. Uh, no, but I, no, but I, but I really like that Tragic Kingdom album. It's one of my, probably one of my like uh, 25 favorite albums of the 90s. Really? Yeah, I really love that album. Yeah. So I was bummed out with not this album, but the one before it. They kind of changed their sound. Yeah. And I was like, oh, so that, that, and I get it. Ska wasn't a thing anymore. I totally understand. And obviously Gwen Stefani made, you know, she's still a big star. She's on that fucking voice or whatever fucking yeah. show. Like she's still like a major star. So she obviously did. She's a very smart businesswoman. Absolutely. But it kind of still sucked that they don't do that sound anymore. Cause I would love to heard a lot more albums like tragedy kingdom. Like, but how do you make of, it a lot different though? That's the problem. How do you make ska sound so much, so much different? Like, how do you, how do you, how I do guess you make, that's the problem the genre are into. Yeah. But I still really enjoyed the sound and I would have loved to heard, I would have loved to have heard 12 more songs that were in yeah. that same genre would have been fun. Um, I like trumpets and horns and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I like that a lot. I'm cool with it. Just not so much in, in like the American ska, but yeah, I get it. You like it in like a Polish ska or no, uh, but if it's, Chinese ska? Um, no, some like dub. Some of the other uh, more Jamaican styles. I like slower, more funk, less like poppy ska. I like not the up tempo like Boston ska. I'm not I like the big... whole thing about ska, man. I love the, like the fucking suits. I love drinking at like a, a like a bar with cocktails. I love I love that world. There's a lot of energy there. I could see why you would like it's it. Like it's really... sort of an up music. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. fun and it's like I love that. But then world. you gotta like you gotta dance like kicking your feet out and shit like swingers. Yeah, kind of like that. I love that movie. It's I, a good movie. That's a, I just, that's a movie that's like, got like hysterical. So then the sad part is my favorite song has nothing to do with Ska. It's a good song. Such a great cover. Great song. So good. This is, of course, It's My Life, which is cover from... It, it was Talk Talk, I think, is the 80s band. Talk Talk. Pretty sure. What album is it? Is this all the same album? No. No, this is... They did a greatest hits right after this album. He was, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So they did instead of writing new songs. It's a really um, good song. It is. Uh, yeah, I love the the cover. It's same beat too. Yeah, same beat. Right. That's just it's all over the place. It's a dance beat. It's just what we've got. Um. But uh. Yeah. They did a greatest hits after this because they were preparing. Gwen was preparing she to do a solo album. Yeah. And then for ten years, basically, until she got back in 2012, and that album is super poppy. It's like nothing like what they were doing in Magic Kingdom. I'm trying to think what's off that album. Um, I didn't recognize anything, but I wasn't listening. At the time, I wasn't listening. listening So I was in New York. Um, This out. So Rocksteady did uh, did get two Grammys. Uh, It had four top twenty songs, two in the top ten. Hella Good was not one of them. Hella Good was thirteen. But you had Hey Baby. Uh, underneath it all and running. I didn't know running, but those are uh, Hey Baby and under and underneath it all were like three yeah. and five or something. Underneath so they're pretty big. Hit. Yeah, sold a bunch of albums, five million copies or something. So I don't know. I think that's it. That's my that's my no doubt. I like the song. I, this is probably besides that cover. It's my life. I think that's my favorite thing they've done. But I like the song. This is my my it's in my top ten of stuff they've done. Maybe, but it, it, even that it's a kind of because I really love the Treasure Kingdom album. That's like most most of the best no doubt in my opinion is. Yeah, I can see pull that. from that. Yeah, Sunday morning might be my favorite No Doubt song. That and Spider Web. Okay. Um, cool. So personal story. Yeah, it's you. Yeah. So this would be a little bit long. So ah, uh, okay. So I'll say this first. Another at fucking this, death march through. Uh... At the, yeah, at this week in 2002, yeah. I was Monkey Boy. Okay, have we not talked about Monkey Boy? We haven't. Po- we haven't talked about that on the podcast. I don't believe so. So he. So okay, I will say this. So I also do a podcast called New Hampshire Cast. And we do talk about this, uh, whole, which is a very long story. It's an hour long story. It's in the episodes in New Hampshire cast. One is called uh, Nashua Pride. 
which I listened to first. Yep. And the second one's called Monkey Boy. Okay. I will give a very brief synopsis here because we have like 20 minutes left in the show. I don't You've also to... done a live show. Uh, I have. Like, yeah. With, I've done um, yeah. one man show I've, doing Monkey Boy, which is great. I, I performed this. I performed this as yeah. well. So yeah. So Monkey Boy is a, is a part. So let me explain what Monkey Boy is and kind of how I became Monkey Boy. Sure. So uh, I was, and we'll talk about this eventually because in the year 2000, I worked for a minor league baseball team, Nashville Pride, and my I was an intern and my boss was Monkey Boy. And what Monkey Boy was for the National Pride was he was not their main mascot. He was like a side mascot. I didn't know that. I thought he was the main one. No, the main one was a, a lion called Pride the Lion. Okay. Very boring. That was the problem. Right. And Monkey Boy would come out and he's very much like the San Diego chicken. So he'd run in the field. He'd slap the umpire on the ass. He would like, you know, uh, kind of cause mischief on the field, sure. that kind of thing. So, um, but was he going throughout, like throughout the game? Was he no, doing he it? No, he only just... come out once in it, one, once a game. Okay, that's it. That's it. And it was National Pride. So it was like two minutes of Monkey Boy and then done. Exactly okay. during an inning break. But he would be every night in National Pride. So people, it became a big deal. At one point, I think New Hampshire Magazine said Monkey Boy was the second biggest celebrity in New Hampshire, behind Al Caprile and the Weatherman. <laughs> like Al Monkey was a big deal. He was, yeah. So I remember in two thousand one, um, Monkey Boy, my friend Chris was. Monkey Boy, and he wanted to take it on the road. And I was just in college. I had a summer off. I had nothing to do. So I said, yeah. So me and my friend Brian, we went with Monkey Boy on the road. So how it would work is during the off season, during the non-baseball year, yeah. we would call baseball teams up, book basically like engagements where he would come out four or five times a night right? But for one night. And he'd be kind of like the special guest that night. Monkey did you Boy. like send him video so they could see what he did? Yeah. Well, okay. it was back in like the 2000, like this was the year 2000. So we'd send out like CD-ROMs. Yeah. You really couldn't have video on a website yet, so you have like, like, hey, here's some pictures of it, and I'll send you out a CD. Right. Um, so we booked, I don't know, say like 25 appearances in 2001, and then in 2002, we ended up booking like 40. It was okay. kind of catching on, and you know, you could get, you know, decent money for like each what, appearance. What would you get for a night? I, it, it was, you get, get, I think we were charging like a thousand a night. Okay. But San, San Diego Chicken would get like five or 10,000. He would get well, crazy he'd go from place money. to place, though. Yeah. Get, oh, he would. So he was an independent mascot as well. And that's oh. what happened was Chris started talking to the guy Ted, who played Sandy Chicken, and he would get crazy money in a, like a night. And um, but obviously he was originally the San Diego Padres mascot, so he had all that clout he coming did. in. Yeah. Um, but he kind of laid the groundwork, and he's like, "Listen, I'm playing." At one point, Sandy Chicken did play National Pride because it just worked out with off nights. He happened to be around, but most of the time he was playing Triple A ballpark. So Triple okay. A in minor league baseball, that's at the highest level for, for yeah. majors. So San Diego Chicken's playing to like 10, 12,000 people. But we were hoping maybe we could get in with some rookie league or single A teams. We're playing in front of like three or 5,000 a night. That's still pretty good. Yeah, it was okay. You know, if you could, you know, then that was kind of the thing. We'd kind of get, we'd charge a much lower rate. But yeah. then we'd be an attraction for some of these much smaller towns. Sure. So like Would they advertise you like Monkey Boy is going to be here yeah. tonight? Yeah, we'd find the promo okay. schedule. Like, right, this night is bat night. This night is Monkey Boy night. This right. night is fireworks night. You know, just be another way to entice for that town to get people to come to the bar- ballpark besides just the base. Sure. Um, so the first two seasons went, went pretty well. We were growing, not growing wildly fast. It still wasn't like crystal had a real job. I was still going to college. I was doing internships beyond monkey boy. It was just like, but you know, we'd make it work every summer. We would like block out time and go. Yeah. And, uh, and then the third season we booked out, I don't know, maybe we had like say 55 appearances. We were still growing, but like, sure. You know, not, not quite enough to book a full summer, not quite enough to be a job, but we were getting there. But um, one of our first uh, things we did that year was, um, and this is now I'm talking like April 2002. To yep. Give you an idea. Yep. Um, right. Right. Yeah. April. April, April 2002. 2002. Yep. Right. Right. So yeah. Monkey Boy 2001, 2002. Oh, maybe it was 2003. Regardless, it doesn't matter. 
We'll, okay. just, we'll just roll with this. Yeah, roll with it. Fuck it. The third season of Doom Monkey Boy. And um, it was. It was 2003. Whatever. Don't even tell the audience. We're going to keep doing it. Yeah, we're, uh, I'm not going to cut this out either. Okay, good. <laughs> Awkward days. <laughs> yeah. Try to remember because I, I was, you know, I was working with the Pride in 2000. So 2001, 2, and 3. So 2002, I actually wasn't Monkey Boy. So this whole story is for not. 2002, I was working with Monkey Boy. We're going to pretend that you were, okay. you were Monkey Boy. Here's what happened in 2003. <laughs> Put a code on this story. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. I fucked this up. <laughs> Glad you put a lot of thought to this. Yeah. I was fucking. Oh, I did off. put a lot. Actually, I put a lot of. You <laughs> cocksucker. I did put a lot of thought into this. I just forgot the year. I oh, I just forgot the year. Yeah, no, no. Just we've the been premise. doing nine. We've been doing like 12 quarterlies <laughs> oh, this oh, week. Oh, poor you. Poor you. And then after you go home, I mix and fucking master this motherfucker and then do all the fucking promo shit I after. Tell the jokes. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> that's true. It's like do. that one. No, you do. So you do. I, uh, all right, regardless, this is great. Yeah. It was a good story. If I fucking, the, you're fine. Just do it. You're fine. So anyway, the third year I'm doing monkey boy. Um, so we're pretty comfortable with each other. We've been doing this a long time. So we're talking 55 at this point. You got 55 shows booked roughly. Say, okay. say 50. Whatever. Okay. Yeah. And this is like show two of that year. Yeah. And, um, it was back to baseball season. Hadn't even started yet. We were doing indoor football and it was at Mohegan sun. And, um, how it worked was pretty cool. Like you had the same dressing room as like Cher and like Britney Spears. <laughs> so like it was just the three of us. We're used to being in like the shittiest yeah. single A locker rooms that smell like piss and like the worst. It's like to dress. We each had our own room. It was wild, you know? <laughs> and like you can imagine someone ordering only green M&Ms there and stuff. So we would, we went out three times to a Sabrina football game. Uh, first quarter, halftime and third quarter. Yeah. So halftime we go out, you know, and this, the floor was kind of spongy because what happens is they bring in like a track Right. Um, Cause you're not like, you don't want guys to get tackled on the stage. They bring in kind of like a track as our fish trap has a little like bouncy to it. And Chris uh, monkey boy, the real monkey boy was like throwing were I, he was dancing around and Brian and I were throwing shirts and I look in the corner of my eye and Chris is like kind of limping and we go back and Chris is like, I fucked up my knee. This four was bouncing. So we went out and we did the third quarter and he could barely move. Like he's like, Oh yeah. Like cobbling around. Yeah, yeah. And like, I, you know, Brian, and I tried to like to just be distracting and they were happy with it. Whatever they gave us our check. And we got, we go home. So the next morning, Chris calls. He says, you got to come over. I said, fine. So I drive over to his place in Bedford uh, and Bedford, New Hampshire. And I was, um, he goes and he says, so I blew out my ACL and my MCL. Yep. The doctor saw my knee and asked me what kind of car accident I was in. Yeah. And it's like, oh, fuck. So we have a decision to make. So Chris is about five foot three. I'm almost six two. <laughs> so I can't fit in the suit, you know? No. And, and he's done it. He's been the only person that's ever been monkey boy. He's very good. He's very um, magnetic. He has yeah. incredible energy. He has yeah. energy on. I, so that's the whole reason Monkey Boy was successful. He's charismatic in a way that's like you with a mask him. on, right? But his energy was. That's the whole thing. That's what the attraction. Little kids would be drawn to him because he would just run around like a maniac on the field. He was just you. You could run around too, but it wasn't the same, you know. Right. And um, we like. All right. Do we cancel? If we cancel every booking we have for the rest of the year, Monkey Boy's dead because no one will ever book us again because they've already sure. printed out the promo schedules. It's like mid April now. We have like next week we're going on the road. Yeah. We have like a week to get to get this. So I'm like, you know what, Chris? I've done acting in high school. You know, I, my parents were in show business. I, I, I'll do this. I'll be monkey boy. So we had to go. We got a new suit for me. Instead of a monkey suit, it was a, it was a black bear suit. Right. So I put on this bear suit and I still have the monkey boy mask, which is hideous and scary. And um, I run around and I'm like, all right. So I start practicing in his backyard imagine what his neighbors must have thought me in a monkey suit running around like you know trying to be monkey boy and yeah and uh, our very first game was uh, at Bridgeport Bridgeport Connecticut the Bridgeport yep. Bluefish which no longer exists in fact the GM there died sad 
Um, so we go and, but uh, we knew Bridgeport. They were in the same league as National Pride. I had been to that stadium. I was very comfortable there. I knew, even knew the GM. I knew sure. Ken. Like, like, wasn't like we're best friends, but I knew where I was going. Yeah. It so wasn't like, uncharted right, waters. It was a perfect there, right. one to go do. Right. So I, I run out there as Monkey Boy. I'm like, what is the gentleman? The world famous Monkey Boy. And I run out. And it was just like crickets, man. Like, it was just like deathly quiet. Yeah. And it wasn't, I didn't get booed, but you're not getting cheered either. And I'm like, I'm running around the field and I'm like trying to get people like hopped up and, and like nobody's. maybe a couple people clap, but you could just hear people like getting distracted and bored. It was like apathy. Yeah. And you're just like, all right. You know, and then you got to go out four more times. You know, you go in the audience, you go in the crowd. It's not like Steve Robinson. You go in the audience, you go in the crowd <laughs> and people like the kids are like, eh, I guess I'll say hi. Like yeah. no one's like, it's just like, eh. and like Chris would sign autographs in the seventh inning as the real monkey boy. I, you know, it'd be like hunt. You'd be like 200 people. Sign autographs for. Really? I do it. Maybe get like 26 people. And some people are just like, we're buying concessions. And they're like, I guess I'll get an autograph. Like, it was just like no one cared. So I'm like, well, maybe it was just the first time that it just didn't work. Yeah. So we start going on the road and, um, you know, to real places we hadn't been before. And we actually got a double A team. We got the Birmingham Barons, um, okay. which later Terry Francona will later marry. Oh, that's right. Michael Jordan played. Yeah, that's right. Um, uh, actually, I'm sorry, later. Francona and Jordan had already been there. So they had seen Francona. They had seen Jordan. Yeah. And now they're seeing now me they're as seeing Monkey, Monkey Boy. Boy. So it's just completely. Not even the real Monkey Boy. No. They're seeing me as Monkey Boy. I went out before, and this is a double A team. It's like one of the better, like a crown jewel double A team. And I went out, and uh, it was fucking crickets again. Awful, dude. Yeah. And uh, we, it have, how it works is you do performance, and the GM gives you a check. And up until then, the GMs would kind of give us a check, kind of grudgingly, be like, "Here you go. It was good, I guess." You had like a lot. Yeah. Like everyone knew this sucked. There was like no illusion. So uh, this time, the GM's like, "Can I talk?" He points to Chris. Me, like Chris is in crutches, and right. like we're playing it off as no big deal. I'm just happy to be like the understudy. And uh, he's like, can I talk to you? And he fucking screamed at Chris for like 20 minutes. And I, I remember like sitting, well, I, sat, I sat outside the office because we kind of pulled the fast on him. They didn't get what they expected. I actually don't true. blame them for yelling at him. Yeah, but I mean, what we, do you do? We weren't trying to be. You could give You could have given them the option. Hey, listen, Monkey Boy tore his ACL, but we've got a stand in. Do you want to do that? You could have done that. We, that, that was an option. I guess we could have. But if you do that, then you kind of lose. The idea was like, if we do this, we just got to hope it works. Because if you true. do that, yeah. they never book you again. Because people, were, it wasn't like we were in that much in demand. We were like one of the last people you'd book anyway. Yeah. So it wasn't like we were like, say you a chicken, but you could, you could say that. You could even say, hey, we're off this year. He's hurt. We'll be back next year. Oh, I love this chicken. You come back. Still didn't really know us. Yeah. So yeah, he, oh my God. So I, I, I never forget like sitting on that, on that bench in front of the, like, I felt like in the principal's office. Yeah. And hearing like my best friend get reamed out. It was, it was awful. I, so every night that like we so you know you perform at seven at night, then you go get dinner afterwards. Yeah, and you just get drunk. And I I I sat and I I would cry every night because like you're failing. Maybe I'm like 22, 23 years old, and I'm not just failing in front of like my friends or neighbors or like um, I did a bad job at work. I'm failing in front of like five thousand people, people. Yeah. every night. Right. For like a summer, and I'm like not emotionally prepared for it, and like and you who would be. You know, we had built this as a business. Yeah, and no, it was I, so successful too. Like it was people, people loved people it. You liked must have it. felt yeah. awesome about it. Was, it. And we were but growing. It was growing slowly. Yeah. My, you know, my friend has a has a, a wife. He's older. Than me. He's a wife and a baby. Yeah. And like he put a lot of money into this, and like I could see his. And he was very supportive and so kind. And my other yeah, it's friend, not your fault. my best friend Brian, I couldn't have been like they were like you know they would console me, but like I I was you would see the dream die night by night, and there's nothing you could do to stop it. It was the most. It was dude, and at this time I'm I'm 22. I don't have a wife. All I care about in my life, honestly, at that point in my life was like girls, college and monkey boy. Yeah. That's all I gave a shit about. I wanted this to succeed 
so badly and and I and because of me it was failing so badly and you would you, every night you just you just fail more and more and you know my saving grace was we went to a, a I think it was Bluefield it was the Orioles like rookie league yeah this was like some backwards town we called there I perform and they were like that was the greatest show I've ever seen <laughs> <laughs> this was like it's just like, yeah I, I don't know where other fucking people like been there but but uh, other than that though the reviews were either lukewarm to like complete like just hated it yeah and um you know we that at the end of the year we you know we actually canceled our last few dates some of them had already known us it's yeah. right into the word had gotten out yeah, yeah and um and that was it and monkey boy died and chris went back he did monkey boy a few other times um with nashua in fact if you go you see it online in fact so he if you see any video you see online now is after his knee and it's not me because there was one video went to Nashville and somebody tackled him and he got picked up by like some oh. like syndicated show. Yeah. And you can have to find this video. It's it's there. You can go look. I, yeah. I, it's my friend. It's like gets tackled. Oh, I'm not like super, right. not super thrilled about it. Some asshole, drunk asshole that it like, like oh. congratulations. You're, you know, and now you have like these like shitty, like D-list comics. So, Oh, the monkey took a hit. It's like, all right. Yeah. yeah. Um, kind of sucks. He's kind of doing us a favor. I like, get the whole thing kind of sucks. Like, okay. you know what I mean? So maybe of, we shouldn't tweet it out. You can, if you want to, I just think it's shit. But it's not me. People are like, is that you? I'm like, no, it's not me. You can tell it's me. I'm six, two. He's five, three. You can tell right. it's not me. Um, there's no video of me as monkey boy. As far as I know, I mean, if you can find one, go for it. It was 2003 when this yeah, happened. Yeah, it would have been hard to find. Um, and I didn't do it that often. Plus people are so bored. They would put the cameras away. They're going to waste <laughs> the film on me. Um, but monk and unfortunately the monkey boy you see on it's not the same energy the energy that he had in 99 2000 2001 2002 that's unbelievable it was so much fun to watch it my summers were so great but yeah. that was like a huge part of my life was this monkey boy and and I, I, I you know when I did the the show or the, the podcast or even when I did the performance like you know I'm the man that killed monkey boy I, I, I destroyed a brand before I was 24 like, people can say that well I mean you know Mohican Sun destroyed it really like he he was operating on a bad floor the thing too was, was i mean fluke accident this probably would happen eventually he, at that point you know he was say 29 30 i mean how long can you do because his for his act Daniel chickens in a suit yeah and it, he's not as physical chris's whole thing was all physical right so this had a short shelf life just like any athlete would. true right um so right this would eventually kind of blown out anyway we didn't really talked about it but like i guess it was always kind of there subconsciously yep um but to have it go that way to have it go like Man, like right before the season, uh, dude, the timing literally could not have had it happened a few months before. We could have just canceled. That's true. And like, oh man, dude, getting those checks after shows, you're like, must have felt you know, like, like, I hope they pay us. If it went like, the other oh. way, it would have been fucking crazy though, because then you could have put two people out on the road, Monkey Boy, and, and I was so much younger. Country. Yeah, right. Thing too was like, well, let's see if this works. Or we could have, but know, in, 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 so it's like, so like, I don't know. See, so I've done this like eight or nine times. You're like, should we go try to get like a gymnast, like a UNH gymnast, to do right. it? Should we, but they didn't know the act. They didn't know the routine. They wouldn't be available for the road. We weren't paying very much. And then like my friend, Brian, I could, and Brian's like, I'm not, I'm not comfortable being on stage. I've never done. He's not, he's very shy. Sure. Like you saw him give his best man toast. Like yeah. he's, he's a quiet guy. So it's like, you know, he, his job was selling merchandise. And my job was kind of being like the stage manager. Like I would be the communication between Chris and the team when Chris sure. was in the suit. And we all did our roles really well. But unfortunately, like, you know, when you're, took Chris out of it. No one could really play because he was, that's what made Monkey Boy so good was he was unique. And I always say this, like, you, you might appreciate this. Like, yeah, Paul McCartney can play a note and I can play the same note and I can do it the same fucking way, but it doesn't sound the same. It doesn't. No. And there's something that's what it makes entertainment good. There's something about this X factor that you can't replicate. Yeah. This personality that comes out that you just see and and, and right. that's how it was and Chris and I couldn't replicate it and you know, it taught me and I later went on in my life to do sales and I do things and 
um, you know, we're both on Kirk's show. We both get a lot of grief and I, you know, I like to think I get to have a thick skin about it, you know, from time to time or whatever. But I think a lot of it is because I'm used to getting, you know, to get boob, ignore, to see something fail in front of you does hopefully build you up a little bit. Of course. Unless you're dealing with Mariah Carey, well, then of course I, well, I hide. <laughs> but other than that, you know, no, but like, you know, dealing with like failure, especially in sales, yeah. just getting rejected all the time. You're like, well, you know, I got boob, you know, to get not yeah. boob, but you get like ignored by 5,000 people every day, you know, to go to that autograph session, to get, to have G- GMs give you that face and, uh, yeah, to, to never experience to that mean, to never right to never experience that means that you've never tried anything though so you have to like, I don't regret it all no. I did my best and that's the thing I'm like, sure you did that was nothing you weren't so when you're 23 you think oh if I just do my best it'll work no nope. sometimes you can do your best and you'll still fail in fact a lot of times in your life you'll do your best and you'll still fail I got I got laid off in April I work for a team that sold minor league baseball signage yep okay well, there's no minor league baseball my secondary market was college sports there's no college sports well guess what I don't have a job right and yeah, it sucks, but like, it's not my fault. No, I mean, it's, no, I, you did you know, your best. I did my best. I did great, did great job selling stuff, but there's nothing to sell. So I don't have a job. That's okay. And you know, but failing when you're young helps you fail when you're older. Cause think if I, had, if, that, if this had been my first failure getting laid off in April, I'd be fucking despondent. Yeah, you probably would. Cause like, I fucking, I'm 40. I fucked up a bunch. <laughs> I'll fuck up more. I'm sure I'm far from perfect. Uh, you know, I, I'm perfect on this show. Well, you know, I pick up a lot of your mistakes, um, but, uh, but I know, but it, it helps you, but it does failing earlier on does help. You. And just think agree, you know, if you yeah. are younger, just know that if, you know, sometimes you really can, even if you have a tough time right now, you can try your very best. You can want it more than anything in the world. And it's just not good enough. And that's okay. Totally. Yeah. And it puts things in perspective. It does. Yeah. There are other more important things and just, or just try things. something else. Sometimes it can be the most important thing. You can still fuck it up it's true. and it can fail. You can go through, you get divorced. You can have bad things happen. There are mistakes that were made, whatever. But as long as you just did your best and you try to be a good person, the best you could, and then roll with it and learn from it and become better. And it's okay to fail. That's the thing I learned. It's okay to fail, which I don't know if people, especially I think a lot of like millennials and stuff, maybe they aren't taught that. I'm not sure they're taught that the same way. No, um, there's a huge value in in failure because it's it's a giant learning experience. It's character building and it's a learning experience. Yeah, especially if you can own it and be okay with it. Anything you're going to be good at, you got to fail first to get good at it. And actually, I think it's a confidence booster at the other end of it because once you know you can survive something like that and do something else and like be a good person or whatever, then it builds your confidence. I, I I think it's essential to fail. It's uh, it's huge learning. Yeah, absolutely. I the way that it happened agree. for you was really tough. Like that's probably one of the toughest things. Besides, like it was you know, pretty brutal. The death of a loved one. Like that's right. harder, maybe. But but this is not much else can compare to that. The worst was just it never it like never ended. So no, like, you and have then you know you gotta get back in the car and you're driving yeah. to you know this Tennessee town or West Virginia town or like Little Rock, Arkansas, and yeah. you're going to fail again. And it's one thing if you're doing it on your own, but you got your buddies who are, who are counting you know, on you, count on you too. It does. That's fucking Everyone rough. was depending yeah. on me and I let them all down and I, I did my best. Of course, it just wasn't enough. not your fault, but that's just the way the cards were dealt. But yeah. if you want to hear like the longer version of that story, and I guess maybe when I get the dates right, uh, listen to uh, the National Pride and Monkey Boy story on New Hampshire cast. Yeah, do it. It's our uh, um, sister podcast. Yeah, yes, it is, absolutely. Uh, and uh, the other thing is we're going to have, uh, we're going to be back next week. I don't, we don't, so we're going to put a poll up by the time you hear this, a poll would have already been done, but I don't, we don't, we know, don't know what, what the show's going to be. Yeah, but we'll know. We're either going to be in 1998 or year 2000. One of the two, I guess. Yep. Gonna be one so of we'll them. see you then. Uh, yeah. Take care. Bye.